What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Husky Talk. We are your hosts, Amaya and Rainy. Please welcome to our show, from the great state of Iowa, Iditarod rookie, Deke Nakaborn. Hi, guys. What is up, Deke? How are you? I'm good. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to talk to us. We are excited to talk to you. We know you are from Pella, Iowa. We live in Comanche. It is about 30 miles north of the Quad Cities. What's, what's the snowfall up like up there? Um, we have about a foot of snow right now, so we need some more. <laughs> <laughs> we just had a big storm overnight and got three to five inches here in Iowa. Yeah, I heard you guys were delayed this morning, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Before we start our interview with you, our, we are going to test your Iditarod knowledge. We have five Iditarod trivia questions for you. Ready? I, I hope so. <laughs> sure, go ahead. Who was the first female champion for the Iditarod? Uh, that was, um, holy cow, I know this. Um, go, to the, go to the next one a sec. <laughs> what is the halfway checkpoint for the northern route? Um, I don't know that one either. <laughs> Cripple. How many minutes apart do mushes start? Uh, two minutes, I believe. Yes. Nice. <clears throat> what was used for the very first finish line? Um, the very first finish line? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid? <laughs> I've seen coffee used for other races. Okay. Good to know. And who has the fastest finish time? Uh, Mitch Seavey. Yes. And Libby Riddles. Yes. Was the first champion. And the second one, the halfway point, um, I don't know the answer to that. It's, it's Cripple. What is it? Cripple. Cripple. Okay. Good job. You got three out of five. Now, that's, now, like, a, that's like a D or D minus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks. Now to learn a little bit more about you. First, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm from Iowa, like you guys, um, and uh, I kind of grew up with dogs and had a tremendous passion in, in uh, having dogs. And uh, when I left Iowa, I became really, really um, fascinated with the wilderness. And uh, I went to school in Colorado, and I got a Siberian Husky. His name is Nautique, named after a ski Nautique um, ski boat, because I really like the wakeboard. And those two things combined led me to Alaska to... Um, explore the wilderness with uh, with dog teams. So, yeah. Talk to us about what inspired you to get involved in mushing. Um, the ability to explore um, some of the nicest, well, some of my favorite lands in the northern Arctic regions with my with my dogs for the team to share that with them. And um, it's, it's quite a quite a nice way to explore and to have a bond with um, 10 of your 10 or 12 of your best friends we saw on your website you have some interesting named litters can you tell us uh, some stories about how you got your dog names uh, sure so <clears throat> the um, I've, had, I've had five litters um, since 2013 and the first litter were k names because not very creative but mom and dad were king and cali so kk and all the dogs' names are K's. Um, the next litter um, was the was four girls and one boy, 
and I decided to name them after Disney princesses because, I mean, I love Disney movies. <laughs> so Ariel, Belle, Jasmine, and Pocahontas were the four girls, and then Simba was the boy. And then um, I had uh, a lot of good friends last year that I made, and I did the Yukon Quest, which is a thousand-mile race in Canada to Alaska. So I decided to name that letter Canadian names, and um, it's like Molson and Maple and Poutine, which is, I don't know if you guys know what Poutine is, but french fries and gravy and stuff like that and then uh that same mom had another litter this year so i'm like well might as well name them the mexican litter so we have mexican names like patron and corona and uh poncho and stuff like that and then the final litter that i had is uh um, college football well college mascots and mostly from the big 10 so i have hawkeye and i have husker and spartan um, and I did have to have Cyclone in there just because I'm from Iowa. So, yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us about your trip to Sweden and being part of a tourism business? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, the year before I went and did that, I was just um, in my early 20s and just traveling. And I took a, took a train north to see the Arctic. I've always wanted to see the Arctic. And I decided to get on a train and just go for it. And then I met some friends who connected me with a musher named Matt Peterson, and um, next year I went back up there and I um, worked for him in his kennel and learned how to do all this stuff. And I was there for the winter and he had 45 dogs. And I just kind of learned how to do all this stuff. What made you want to move to Alaska? Um, well, I don't, I don't really like to be cold, <laughs> but Alaska was the last place that I felt like could fit the lifestyle that I wanted just because um, there's a lot of opportunities to do the things I want, such as um, I live off of the grid, so I have to haul my own water and make my own electricity with solar panels. Um, I wanted to be able to take a dog sled team or a snowmobile or whatever and leave from my property and not have to, you know, and I can go, I can go a thousand miles in any direction with um, a four-wheeler or a snowmobile or a dog sled team and not have to ever get in a, a car or a truck to get myself there. And, um, yeah, there's just a lot of space here, and there's a lot of things to explore. So that's kind of that's kind of why I like I don't – I get cold. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Talk to us about what you have to do to qualify to run the Iditarod and what races you did to qualify. Sure. So um, as you can probably tell by me not knowing those questions you asked me very well, I actually don't know a whole lot about the Iditarod. It uh, is something that – happened pretty quick. Um, it was always my dream to run the Iditarod, but then I fell in love with this other race called the Yukon Quest. And uh, the Yukon Quest is this other thousand mile race that goes between Fairbanks and Whitehorse. And um, it's a little bit different style and stuff, but because it's more of a Fairbanks race, I kind of fell in love with that race and learned a lot, of, a lot about that race. And um, my goal was to qualify for the Yukon Quest. So the, to qualify for the Yukon Quest is similar to the Iditarod, is 300 mile races and 200 mile races. And then you qualify for the Yukon Quest. And then, of course, once you complete the Yukon Quest, like I did last year, then you're qualified for the, the Iditarod. Um, and the Iditarod is um, the, the ultimate dream. I just need to study up about it a little bit more. And, um, and, and yeah, so I'm looking forward, looking forward to the Iditarod now. It's kind of the next step. It's uh, a lot tougher competition, a lot, a lot better and faster mushers, and a whole other a whole other um, element because the whole trail is off of the road system, so I won't have any of my 
any of my friends or my family there to support support me at the checkpoints. So it would be a little bit harder that way. So, yep. We saw online that you live off the grid. A lot of people don't really understand what this is like. Tell us what it is like living off the grid. Um, so when the uh, radio and the internet and stuff says that Fairbanks, which is the you know, city, uh, has lost power, I get to laugh because I never lose power. <laughs> so um, what, what it's like living off the grid is um, life's pretty normal. Um, it just takes a little bit more work each week to, um, to make it normal, more normal. So for example, um, I have solar panels that charge batteries. So I can't just leave the television on because those batteries are slowly draining. So I just have to be very, very um, particular on how I use my power. And you guys know those like power switches that have the button on it and like eight outlets. Mm -hmm. So like I have like everything on those all the time. So when I want to like turn off the TV and the DVD player and the speakers, I just turn off that power switch and it, and it turns off all that stuff. And then um, I also have to haul my own water. And so I have a, a 200 gallon water tank in the back of my truck. So every time I go into town, I just top off my tank and then I go back home and I use a pump and pump it into a water tank in my house. And then, and then it's pretty normal as far as, you know, the water comes out of the faucet and the toilet flushes and, and things like that. So uh, it's, it's pretty normal living. Um, I have 4G internet and I used to have DirecTV, but um, I didn't use it as much. So, but yeah, I watch all the Hawkeye games still. <laughs> anyway. This year, you are going to be racing the both the Yukon Quest and Iditarod. Tell us how you feel about this. So right, right now I'm signed up for the Yukon Quest 300, which is a shorter version of the Yukon Quest 1000. Um, but I'm, I'm possibly thinking about doing the Yukon Quest 1000 again. And um, that that is something only a handful of people have ever done the same year, is run both 1,000-mile races in the same year. Um, the reason that I'm interested in doing it is because uh, I really, really had the time of my life last year on the Yukon Quest. And I know that it'd be a really good way to train for the Iditarod. And um, there's not a, for, um, a very beautiful answer, but there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of people signed up for the Yukon Quest. So if I would run the Yukon Quest and have a good finish, then I would get a little bit of, of, of prize money, which is tempting to try to try to get. And then also I know that it would set me up very, very nicely um, um, uh, a month later to, to run the Iditarod and have a very well-conditioned, experienced, and trained team to go run another 1,000-mile race. So um, that being said, it's very exciting to think about doing two of, the, two of the hardest races in the world, but at the same time, um, that's a whole lot of work and not much sleep. <laughs> so... What are you most looking forward to this year in your races? Uh, just seeing the uh, the dogs come together, like in any sporting event. Like at some point, the dogs were, will um, uh, settle down, and they become from they become like just individual dogs, and they become a unit, a team, and they're all being sync. Um, it's like a well-oiled. V8 truck engine and they just become perfect and they eat at every checkpoint and they're happy to see you and they sleep good and you go from like all these like different variables and not knowing what's wrong with this dog or how this dog's feeling and all of a sudden everything clicks and it's like what we call the magic carpet ride 
and when that happens, it's like um, like a runner's high or, or whatever. It's just everything's really, really great and perfect. So that's what I always look forward to in a long training run or a race. And along, along that, too, just doing what I love with a bunch of other people that love the same thing as much as I do. That's fun. <laughs> so, yeah. What do you think will be a challenge in racing both the Yukon Quest and the Iditarod? Um, sleep. <laughs> That's a lot of uh, um, self-motivation. Um, I get really, I get a really cold left big toe, so that's a big fear <laughs> to get a really cold big left toe. Um, but along that, I also, uh, I mean, that's a lot. That's 20, 20 to twenty-five days of uh, living, living and running in you know minus twenty to minus forty degree temperature and not sleeping more than a couple hours here and there. So just the exhaustion factor is is a little bit concerning, but yeah, they always say that the human is the weakest link and the dogs are the toughest ones and the dogs can definitely do it, but I'm not sure if I can. <laughs> so, Do feet warmers help your toe? Good question. They, sh- they sure do, but um, I only use those as the last resort because the secret to staying warm is to not let yourself get any kind of moisture anywhere because um, moisture turns to sweat, which freezes eventually. So those feet warmers will make your feet like really, really hot and sweaty, and then you have to keep them in, otherwise your foot will turn into an ice cube. So I only use them as a last resort. The next part of our show is what we is called Would You Rather. We have five questions for you to answer as quick as you can. Ready? Sure. Classical music or country music? Country. <laughs> Living on the grid or off the grid? Uh, off the grid. Pella, Iowa, or Fairbanks, Alaska? Uh, Fairbanks. I love Pella, though. <laughs> Iditarod or Yukon Quest? Uh, right now, I'd say Yukon Quest, but ask me again in a year. <laughs> yeah. Hawkeyes or Cyclones? Oh, Hawkeyes. <laughs> Good question. My aunt and uncle live in um, Pella, Iowa, and it's cute there. Oh, <laughs> uh, really? No way. Mm-hmm. Who are your aunt and uncle? Jeff Bursch and Bree Bursch. Okay, gotcha. Nice. What is your That's go-to? Small world. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> what is your go-to song on the trail? Uh, um, <laughs> Wreck- Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus. <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, I, I don't. I don't have a. Actually, I do have that on my playlist just because it makes me laugh. <laughs> but um, I don't. I don't really have a favorite song. Um, yeah, it just depends. I have a. You know, like everyone, I have an iPhone with six thousand songs on it, and I just let it randomly play from, you know, country to. Avril Lavigne to Miley Cyrus to Billy Ray Cyrus, you know? <laughs> yeah. We ask everyone to give us three names they would feel would be great guests on our show. Three names that what? Would be great guests on our show. Oh, like other people? Yeah. Like other mushers? Yeah. Anybody? Uh, um, let's see. Let me think. Like, are you looking for uh, other mushers that are in the Iditarod, or just anyone? Anyone. Okay, man, that's a hard question. Well, um, I've uh, 
kind of kindled a friendship with Kristen and Andy Night Pace. I don't know if you know who Kristen is, but she just wrote a book called This Much Country, and you guys should read it. Um, but so Kristen and Andy Pace, they're, they're married. They're a really nice couple. Um, uh, if like, Have you ever heard of Lance Mackey? Yeah. So he's uh, always entertaining <laughs> <laughs> and probably the greatest musher of all time. And then, um, yeah, let's see here. The third one. Um, I'd have to go with uh, uh, Brent Sass. And Brent Sass is from Minnesota, and he's uh, quite a good guy. So, so Kristen, Kristen Knight Pace, Lance Mackey, and Brent Sass would be my three, three to have on your show. <laughs> Lance Mackey was on our show last year, and he was? so was cool. Brent Sass. What did you guys think of him? Or did he? It was the other grade that oh, did them. Oh, okay. I but, see. But we can still interview them. Yeah. Gotcha. Thank you for Thanks. taking the time out of your day to talk to us. We appreciate it, and good luck in both the Yukon Quest and the Iditarod. Hey, you guys are, you're very welcome. Thanks for the interview. Can I, can I get your names? Randy Spensley. And Amaya Bielma. Randy and Maya? Cool. Yeah. Special thanks to our guest, Deke Nakaborn, for being on our show this week. Subscribe to us on iTunes and tune in next week. We would also like to give credit to Hobo Jim for our theme song, the Iditarod Trail song. And now enjoy a clip from Deke's favorite song, Not Really, Wrecking Ball by Myrie Cyrus.